We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the intro. So uh, no more heated gamer moments, okay? And no promises. Oh man, uh, Lissa, thank you so much for being here. I know you have a very busy schedule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not even being humble about it. Jesus Christ. No, the humble ended about three hours ago. Uh, when when you have hour. to be signed into two meetings at once, you no longer need to be humble. Ooh. Uh, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Cave Charles Podcast. My name is Terry Smith and you are listening to the only show that gives you the TTTTT rpg news um <laughs> do you witness my stroke there um and if you get your ttrpg news somewhere else you're wrong and if you just call it a trpg which is what i found today i had literally never seen that happen before um thank you because it's way easier to say but i'm already trying to convince my brain to say ttrpg so it's too late now um very but we give the T of the TTRPG. We do, so it would still be TTRPG. Oh, Lissa, this is why you make the big bucks. This, you is, this is why I'm, I am on this podcast for that one time when I come up with something. <laughs> with the T specifically, the extra T is why Lissa is here. <laughs> there was a comment uh, now a while ago. This is months uh, on Twitter. Uh, we were talking about the like the European uh, European European <laughs> Union stuff going on with TTRPGs, and mm-hmm. we were talking about you know all of those different games. This was during like the Black Flag movement and everything, and uh, it came to you and you're like, oh, I don't really know any of these companies. And one of the comments was like, the one European person on the podcast didn't know what you were talking about, and I was like, that happens all the time. Have you never listened to this show? If it's not like Finnish metal music, uh, Lissa is not interested. Yep, that's true. That's how that goes. Uh, interest. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Lissa, one half of the Slovenly Trolls, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Terry. Thank you for asking. You're very, very welcome. Sharday, the other half of Slovenly Trolls, I guess you're here. How? How? You're here. I'm here, and I guess I'm meeting the same energy. Um, I could just leave. <laughs> Honestly, that might be best. Um, but but we'll see how it goes. Uh, moving on to our bits and bobs section. This is where we talk about all the new games and supplements coming out to your gaming table. First up, we have the expansion for the very popular Alien RPG. Um, have you two heard anything about the Alien RPG? I know you haven't played it. I, I guarantee it. I don't even have to ask. <laughs> but have you heard of it? I feel like I have tangentially just by being on Twitter. Like mm-hmm. I've seen, I've definitely seen the word Alien and ttrpg together like the alien franchise i don't know much about it all i don't even know what system it uses but i haven't had a tangentially yeah i haven't had a chance to play it but obviously it comes from free league so i've heard of it um but a Uh, lot of my friends have played it and they they rave about it all the time it's a really good system for that horror element especially if you're up against a monster it doesn't have to just be alien um but they put out an expansion uh building better worlds um it adds tons of cool new stuff so history of colonization in that setting um you can actually set up stuff for the rules on the life on the frontier so if you like the newest aliens movie which was about them kind of attacking a colony uh you can set that kind of thing up new gear new ships uh new species so obviously the xenomorph but xenomorphic creatures so like other big monsters for you to fight and invade your ship and cry in sigourney weaver language uh so i'm excited for it i have a game set up coming up soon we're not going to be using building better worlds because i didn't know that existed but uh, i get to play for once in my entire life so i'm very excited about that yeah i'm gonna die in the first five minutes though right like that's what's gonna happen i finally get a chance to play and the alien's gonna stab me right 
I mean, I'm, listen, that's yeah. usually what happens to me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like I'm glad like I'm not playing at your table because I feel like you would just take it as a moment of revenge and just murder me. In the first I'd be like, minutes. I finally have Terry at my table. Here's the time I get revenge for him either killing or nearly killing me at least half a dozen. Times. Why am I always blamed? How, like it could be like your like you know. I low never amount take of accountability. <laughs> no, I never take accountability for my uh, the uh, the consequences of my own actions. What do you mean? I I don't even know what that means. Speaking of the consequences of their own actions, next up we have the Hannibal role-playing game um, where you get to uh, play as one of the agents hunting down serial killers and using the assistance of Hannibal Lecter and other serial killers, I'm assuming, that are in custody. Uh, it's based on the TV show, which was a really good adaptation of those books. I really, really enjoyed it. Not a lot of information here. I've actually run a Hannibal role-playing game system. We used uh, one of the Cortex systems um that was actually based on the leverage tv show i don't know if you two have ever heard of leverage which is like a little like heist show and it had a lot of like flashbacks to like fill out like what you did for your planning segment um and that's what you use for the serial killing element so i'm excited for this but there's no information i have a link to the kickstarter uh do you two care about hannibal it's creepy and cool i did like the show yeah um I don't know what the role-playing game. I also didn't get very much information about it. So, like, I'm intrigued because, hello. <laughs> but um, also, like, what? How, how do you play? Yeah. What, I mean... what, what's going on? Like, I'm how does it work? Uh, like I said, like, I've used Cortex to run a few games like that. And then Chaosium's basics, uh, basic role-playing system, which is what Call of Cthulhu is based on. Um, I've used stuff like that for serial killer games and, like, uh, you know, being an investigator or a detective solving a murder mystery. Um, so I, I'm interested if it, like, actually builds in the mechanics of, okay... Does somebody play as the serial killer that's in custody that you talk with? Is that more the role of the game master? Um, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'll keep an eye out. Uh, I'll let you know when it finally launches and we get more information. But right now, all the Kickstarter says is play as agents hunting down notorious serial killers set deep within the world of Hannibal Lecter. So it's like part of that universe, like all of the like Buffalo Bill and and Hannibal Lecter are in this world. So there's that. I, I don't know if if you really need those trappings. Like I wouldn't say there's like a deep world building element in the Hannibal books other than there's a few known serial killers and like uh um the few agents that are mentioned obviously uh the main character from the show and then you have uh clarice uh you know from silence of the lambs so i don't know it's interesting Charday, you love horror stuff and being scared are you interested in hannibal i love it so much <laughs> how did you know i have so much interest in everything that is terrifying I have the whole series <laughs> if you want to borrow either the books or the TV show. You're welcome to it. Um, I'll pass for now. <laughs> Speaking of cowards, next up we have Rivers of London, the role-playing game. This is the newest game coming from Chaosium and the aforementioned basic system. So if you've played Call of Cthulhu, same system there. This is based on a series of novels, a little bit more fantastical. You play as an agent who is like part of the Ministry of Defense, basically, that hunts down uh, you know, mythical and magical, fantastical beings and defends London. Uh... Lissa, you sent me the link for this, I believe, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Are you excited about this? I've never read these novels before. I've never read the novels either, but it like it piqued my interest with um London. <laughs> it starts and ends with London reason. you're in. <laughs> Based on the Ben Aronovich uh, books, uh, Rivers of London, that's like the first book, but it's a whole series uh, about this investigation department and all of the fantastical things they run into. Um, I, it, it piques my interest. Like I, I might check it out. It might just read the books. If anything, I uh, can't really start another campaign when I still have to create more clues for my ongoing call of Cthulhu game. Uh, but it's interesting. I always like more games in that system. It's a really underrated system. The D 100 stuff of basic I, I know you two have had a chance to play call of cthulhu would you have been interested in using that system in a different setting i mean, I, so, I yeah. yeah it was an interesting system like i do i want to play with it more because like i 
I don't think I got used to it by the end. And I think there's a lot more. We never got to level up with it either. Like that, I think, was the part that intrigued me most. Like you level up the skills that you actually use. But we never got to do that. So I would want to like explore with that and also just more chances to succeed because my rolls have been real shitty on the D20 lately. <laughs> so <laughs> the D100 would be great. Yeah, the D100 system was really fun. I, I love the, the leveling up system. I've actually used it in a few fantasy settings. Um, and it works really, really well for that. The idea of like, oh, I'm not very good with my, with my sword, so I'm going to use the sword more to practice with it. It is really rewarding to players, at least from like the GM standpoint. It seemed like it was. They seemed to enjoy it. And it really incentivized, hey, I have this cool thing. Um, I'm going to try other things, though, so I can make them as cool as my cool thing. So even though like you're the best sniper in the group and like your archery is awesome, well, every time you get into hand-to-hand combat, you fail. So I'm going to practice with my hand-to-hand. Um, is a really, really cool way to go about leveling up your skills. That Skyrim mentality. Uh, yeah, I so. made me think of that too. So I, I'm excited Skyrim. to check that out. I also like London. I, obviously not as much as YouTube. <laughs> <but>, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to check out those books. If you've read those books, please let us know either on Patreon or on Twitter. Um, I'd, I'd be really interested to hear about it. Moving on. Uh, our next game here is the Motherlands RPG based on the streaming show, the Motherlands. Have you two listened to or watched the Motherlands? No, 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 no. Or into the Motherlands. Um, it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty big streaming show. Uh, I've seen a little bit, uh, but obviously B. Dave Walters, uh, comes up a lot on our show. Uh, but the game's going to Green Ronin. Uh, which is a really big publisher in the TTRPG space. Like, it's well-known. Yeah. Mutants and Masterminds, etc. So I was excited that it's going over there. I think it's cool um, that the game is getting, like, announced. I love when they make that shift of, like, hey, we have this actual play, and bam, now we're making our own game. Because it just means they're mm-hmm. they're less beholden to whatever game they were playing with. Uh, people really enjoy the IP in the world. So it's always cool to see, like, that jump there. We're going to talk later on the show about another one doing the same thing. So um, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm going to probably have to, like, catch up on the show if I do run something like that. Because I want to, you know, sprinkle in all of the little Easter eggs from, oh, like, this character or that, uh, that city, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out Into the Motherlands. I don't know if we have an official announcement on the date, though. Um, I didn't I see anything so. in there I yet. See one. Yeah. But it's exciting. Let me know if you listen to that one. Uh, so we've already talked about kind of what our actual plays are on this, so... Um, while I, I did fall down a midst rabbit hole, I found out that's not really an actual play. And I was confusing it with another RPG... Um, so it's even more interesting just to go back to a few weeks ago when we talked about how, uh, uh, Critical Role purchased Midst because it's really just mm-hmm. an improv oh. storytelling show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. So they're I, branching I, I out. I definitely thought it was too crazy. Yeah. Uh, so did I. Like, and I, I probably was thinking of City of Mist or another one. Um, I think I, the Mist game specifically was throwing me, but it's Mist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a D. And yeah, no, it's a really interesting uh, world that they build, but fully improv with like a loose outline. Uh, very interesting, very like creepypasta, you know, spur of the moment stuff going on there. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to correct myself from a few weeks ago because I have listened to a lot of that show now and it's weird. <laughs> do you like it though like is it a good, good weird, weird? Uh, yeah good weird, bad like, weird honestly sometimes i really really enjoyed it like the first two episodes were very refreshing and i was like oh this is fun but because it's a little loose and i can't tell what they're building towards if if uh. it's just stream of consciousness we're telling a fun short story um i haven't made it to a point where like they repeat a character or that we're in the same mm-hmm. world um so it's really cool flash fiction um, but I don't have uh, a lot yeah. of time for flash fiction in the way of like, it's why I don't watch like a ton of anthology stuff. If it's not like a mm-hmm. full season of it, like I really like black mirror and twilight zone, but I don't make a lot of time for that because the way that my ADHD brain works, if I'm not, if I'm not building towards something, I'm wasting time. 
so it's not mm. as enjoyable to me but if you like the flash fiction the anthologiness of it it's very short you can jump in for like 20 minutes yeah I know that wasn't about Into the Motherlands, but... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all needed a midst update. I and mean, it was necessary. It was necessary. Alyssa, you should have heard us going on and on as we were talking about the whole midst <laughs> news after our uh, like our little D&D session. And we were all oh, like yeah? still confused about midst. And, so, and we just got even more confused as the conversation continued. <laughs> and we then came up with conspiracy theories as to like what does this all mean and it was like a good like half hour conversation about it and we were all wrong which is i mean i think think we could all assume right like we all think Uh, uh uh moving on (laughs) yes exactly exactly that's what i mean (laughs) um we've talked about be like a crow before but their new game coming out from tim roberts be like a cat almost a sequel game Uh it's pretty self-explanatory you play as a cat um the really cool thing about be like a crow that we mentioned before on the show it's another one of those somewhat solo journaling rpgs except for it's two player so you journal back and forth uh which is why i enjoyed be like a crow and be like a cat i'm really excited for because i played be like a crow with my wife and she fucking loves cats way more than she likes crows she in fact hates (laughs) birds so i'm definitely going to be picking this up uh there's not too much more information on it. It's a journaling RPG where you play as a cat. Uh, any interest here, ladies? I think so. <laughs> like you, I you did. said you said cat and like two player game. I don't, <laughs> I don't need like four other people that mm-hmm. are definitely not in my country. Hey. Um, hey. <laughs> I will say, (laughs) it's very rude, but uh, very accurate, but I will say that journaling RPGs, especially ones that aren't solo, um, like two-player ones, like I've mentioned Reflections on here, but Be Like a Crow, Be Like a Cat, I think they work very well um, when it comes to, like, disparity in time or in location, because, you know, you can open up a little Discord server and post your journal entry, they can post theirs, you can post a screenshot of um you know whatever you filled out depending on which game it is uh so i think they work very well uh long range like if you have uh Mm -hmm. um sort of relationships like that so don't disparage it just because you're not in the same room i think it works very well in that way um Unlike D&D, when you play play with people overseas, that just never works out. It, I mean, it's usually the people that are involved. Uh, but. Harry, I think, I think I have to reveal something to you. Um, I, I play in two campaigns that have been going on for at least a couple years now. Where we... Three-ish? Three Four? years? That is on... It's all online. Yeah, and like I said, I think you're the problem. It um, never works out, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I listen, I just come to America, right? It's just, wonderful here. Just because you're an old man who doesn't deal with uh technology and gaming online doesn't mean other people just don't. Never, don't never knock it till you try it. Never once it never once in his life has he ever even touched a computer. What is he recording on now? A tape recorder. Uh, yeah, attached to I, um attached to a typewriter. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually how like so you, I'm not actually recording on a computer. What I have is a crow across the street and I have oh. I have a Dixie cup with a string and it goes to the crow and sure. the crow can repeat what I'm saying cuz crows can do that. Oh. If you didn't know, crows are fucking terrifying um anyways also beautiful but let's moving on uh (laughs) darrington darrington press state of press they had this youtube video they announced a a couple of cool uh board games and reprinting of board games a really cool deck building game that i want to check out but they also mentioned that they are going to be doing their own rpgs finally um i know they've had a few forays into talking about this uh i think critical role adventures was the first one talked about but never came to fruition um, and then I don't know what Syndicult is, but that was another one that Matt Mercer was working on that was going to be a TTRPG. Uh, but they just announced two new ones. I don't know where those two are left to hang in the balance. We'll have to talk to Sharday about that here in a second. 
Um, but they announced Illuminated Worlds, which is a D6 system, and Daggerheart, which we have literally no information on except for it's made for <laughs> longer-term campaigns, which sure sounds like a new season of Critical Role using Daggerheart at some point. <laughs> uh, but that could just be pure speculation on my ha- on my behalf, as well as the entire internets. So, uh, Sharday, I'm going to throw the ball to you. What do you think about these two okay. announcements, as well as the aforementioned games that never came to fruition? I mean, I didn't really know much about the games that never came to fruition because I just don't think they picked up a lot of traction online. Mm-hmm. I think if you like were really, really like uh, up to date with all the Critical Role news, news you knew about it. But other than that, like there wasn't a lot of hype around it. This one, however, and I think it's because of what happened with the OGL earlier mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, yeah, I think people so too. are just like, oh, this this might be a writing on the wall thing. Like they might finally be moving away from uh fifth edition because really they don't need fifth edition to be popular like and they never really have but they have their own footing and they've been telling stories online for years uh a lot of actual plays that have been around for a while could make a very similar move and it like we just saw with into the motherlands right like people are excited exactly. for that like we don't need to be attached to to like a d20 system if not anything just like not mm-hmm. D. And people have been asking Critical Role to put out their own game, especially since the whole OGL thing. And a lot of people are starting to experience a little bit of fatigue. I've seen in a few communities of if they want, really want to understand like the the new season in in the setting, like go back and people aren't investing four thousand hours into Critical Role. They can't just jump in. So a fresh start with a fresh system could be a new horizon for Critical Role. Yeah. And, like, there's there's no information on whether they'd still be telling stories with an Exandria or not. Because Exandria is Matt Mercer's world. So, theoretically, they can tell stories in that forever. Because they have the world's creator there who has probably an endless supply of different creative things to go on there. I don't know if they will. I personally love all the stories that go on there. But also, I've been watching Critical Role since. And that's the point. As so, I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's, like, a hate on, on Matt Mercer on their point. Because, like... In my opinion, what Exandria is, is the better version of Forgotten Realms, right? Um, because yeah, it's used sure. the same trappings because it was made to be compatible with D&D. Specifically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like a 3.5 originally with Pathfinder and then 4th edition yeah. and then 5th edition. So, yeah. like, it, in my like the reason why I don't in- enjoy Exandria as much is because I'm like, I want to just see him do something on his own because I do like his world building. Um, and then also like, I haven't watched all 4,000 hours of critical role. So I do miss out on a lot. It's hard to just jump in, which is what a lot of people found as they really exploded even more for this third season as well as unlimited and people jumping in going, Oh, it's hard. I don't know what they're referring to. Um, it's not as cool Mm -hmm. to see the calamity when I don't really know the history of it. So they left and went to Mm -hmm. other actual plays. Uh, now that's anecdotal and, and limited at best, but it still is happening. We, we've seen it online. So if they were to start something new, I could see Daggerheart being its own setting unrelated to, you know, 5th edition. Yeah, uh, you it definitely know, could be. Yeah, and maybe in just in smaller ways, like, maybe you don't have to have Dragonborn, right? Like, you use, I always use that as an example of, like, well, this is a very specific thing to Forgotten Realms. And you have to make it fit if your player comes to your table and goes, I want to be a Dragonborn. You're like, oh, I guess Dragonborn have to be in my setting, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, and that's something you can work out. But I'd be really interested to see. I think this might be a new springboard. That doesn't mean that they're going to leave Exandria behind and never do anything in it. That I doubt that would ever actually fully no, occur. I doubt that. <laughs> but starting something new for new players to jump into or new watchers, I, I think would be at least like the capitalistic smart move, but also mm-hmm. a new frontier of like, that's how you get new people in, right? To be excited about it. Um, if you have a product that's really deep in, like it's hard sometimes to to hand somebody a tome and say, here, read up on everything so you can read the new book. You know, that's comic books problem you get a similar mm-hmm. issue with critical role because there's a fucking lot of critical role. <laughs> there's a lot. And it's, uh, it, I don't know. I coming at somebody who's been watching it forever. I don't think the barrier of entry is that high, but I think the hype around it and people knowing that like there are Easter eggs is definitely foreboding. I see what you like. I, I, I get ahead of the comments. Like when you say the barrier of entry, you're not saying like, Oh, it's easy to watch 
every episode of Critical, you're saying you don't really need to no. to enjoy the newer stuff that's coming. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think they tell a lot of great stories and to the campaigns that they've done. But I mm-hmm. think what gets people nervous is they know it's all in the same world, and they know that a lot of the things are interconnected, and so they're worried that they're not gonna get as much excitement and fulfillment if they don't get all the easter eggs and i totally get that as like a completionist with some video games like i get it like you want to get everything you want to be fully immersed so this could be a great opportunity for them to just be like okay well maybe maybe they will continue uh the critical role exandria campaign as it has been but maybe daggerfall will kind of be like a new thing for even like more people who knows i don't know yeah i'm uh, interested to follow it same same listen does this do anything for you are you excited about daggerheart illuminated worlds critical role <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean the what i was i can't remember if that was the one where they had the dice tower that or that no that was the princesses one yeah I no that was, was the deck building the game princesses. that i'm very excited about <laughs> i was more interested about the princesses uh game that they were talking about because um hello princesses and a dice tower we need I... to start a new podcast that just covers board games, and then we can just talk about that. <laughs> pretty, pretty princess. The TTRPG. But yes, no. Uh, I mean, I'm intrigued, but just because it has the name Matt Mercer on it, it doesn't do anything for me. That's fair. Um, I'm excited about their other game, too. The, the D6 system, Illuminated Worlds. Uh They've, they've talked a little bit about, like, what the game was going to be, so I was a little bit intrigued, but I'm also always into new RPGs, so I'm excited for both. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Moving on, Dune and Starstruck. Uh, Starstruck. I'm doing great with pronunciations today. <laughs> I did not get a chance to do my, okay. my vocal warm-ups, and I need a little bit more coffee, <laughs> so I apologize, everyone at home. I'm just going to do them right now for everybody. If you just want to listen in, we'll cut I it just out. just do your scales. Yeah. <laughs> Dude in Star Trek. I did it again. Star Trek RPG announces original TRPG with plans for TV series and video game adaptations, Dreams and Machines. This comes from Dicebreaker, who wrote this article, Load Faster Internet. There we go. Alex Meehan over at Dicebreaker. Uh, the studio, Morpheus, the studio responsible for Dune and Star Trek, uh, the tabletop RPGs, uh, finally has one of their own, and they're planning on it being big. They're going big. They're like, they already have uh, contracts to go, oh, this is going to be adapted into a comic book, into a movie, into a TV show. And the idea is a little bit of magic, a little bit of robots in the future and traveling to different planets, stuff that they've done really well with those other two RPGs, like the Dune RPG, very good. I haven't played the Star Trek one, the newest, but I have friends that have, and they say that it handles, like, the movement between planets really well, as well as the different species um, in the holodeck specifically. So I'm excited for this, for them, like, doing their own uh, game in their own system. I love uh, new RPGs that aren't always fantasy. Like, I like that idea. Uh, I think they're aiming for the moon because, like, they already have, like, board games that they're working on and novelizations was the other one. They're like, yeah, we have three novels. Uh, I... <laughs> And they keep saying potential, like, we have plans for this and we're, we're working on it. They're not saying, oh, we already put the money and it's coming it's out on Tuesday. Yeah. But it's still, like, whenever I see those, I get a little bit nervous. I'm like, the game hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And like so I, I know the, exactly, and the Dune RPG sold really well. It happened to come out at around the time with like the the new movie, and people were really excited about it. And with like the new trailer dropping uh, really soon at like CinemaCon for the the second half of Dune, um, mm-hmm. the the hype is still real. But now here's this thing that doesn't have Dune's name on it, that doesn't have Star Trek's name on it. It's its own thing, and we're thinking it's going to be so big, we're going to make board games. I, I just don't know. <laughs> like I I, uh, I I get nervous for them preemptively. Uh, it, it's it deals with like different planets we mentioned, but also there's like a corrupted AI called the Builder that's plotting against humanity and like attacking their colonies. Um, big robots are involved, like uh, like mechs that you can ride in. Uh, there's they have a lot of proper nouns, very much like Dune or Star Trek, like the Wakers, and they've fallen dormant. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like whenever you see those proper nouns, I'm like, yeah. this is cool. But is it going to be so cool that you can publish novels and make a TV show mm-hmm. from it? I just don't know. Uh, what are your two thoughts on this? Uh, Sharda, you go first. Uh, anything for me here? I mean, 
I don't know much about any of this. So when I see, <laughs> yeah, we're planning for all of this. I'm just like, I mean, I'm really excited that you're so excited about this, but shouldn't you be a little bit more like, I don't know. Yeah. Wait for it to build an audience and then kind of make plans <laughs> from there. Like I get it. Like you think your project is the best project in the world. You can see it being turned to a TV show and movie. I get it. I'm a writer. I do that all the time, but listen, you got to also be practical about it and just be like, this would be really cool if it happened, but like keep that to yourself just in case it doesn't happen because then you're going to feel like a big fat idiot. Like I usually do, <laughs> but also am I projecting? Absolutely. So does my opinion matter? No. <laughs> <laughs> Lissa, what about you? Uh, all this like space machines, you know, ghost in the machine, all of that stuff. Is this doing anything for you? I mean, I'm definitely intrigued. So I, I do have like a fascination for space. Like when I started um, watching the Netflix series, The Expanse, I mean, when it was back on Netflix. Oh, yeah. This has a big um, Expanse vibes for sure. Yeah. It, this has big Expanse vibes. And like, I don't have to tell you that Expanse blew my mind when, <laughs> I, when I started watching it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I recently watched Snowpiercer. And that's been a trip and a half. So like I I'm getting I'm getting into sort of Star Trek sort of space vibe sci-fi stuff slowly but surely. So like it this this does tingle a little funny bone um for me that I am intrigued. Not yet that I would like slap my money down and be like give give me all of it, but <laughs> like it's 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 getting there. Well, we're going to be able to play it at Gen Con this year, August 3rd to 6th. They have, like, a little starter set there. So we'll see. If it blows up Gen Con and everyone's really excited about it, it might. It might take off. I don't know. Um, especially in this, like, world where people are trying to, like, find new RPGs outside of D&D. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see. Good luck to them. I hope it takes off. I, I like everything I've seen. I like proper nouns. I like space. Um, I've played a lot of Dune, so I'm, I'm into it, but... I, I I hope for the best for all of these uh, um, TV shows and board games that they have coming out with this. So we'll see. Um, moving on. Uh, also, hold on real quick on like that, that sentiment. I will say that sometimes you say all that stuff so you can get investors, right? So some big company sure. wants to throw money at it at Gen Con because they, they think it might be the next best thing. So you have to be prepared for that. So not throwing too much shade at them for going, hey, we have plans for this because sometimes that's the right move. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I like, I don't, I don't mean to shit on them. Uh <laughs> Anyways, moving on, bad, bad, bads, mixture of Kingdom Hearts and creepypastas swerve on traditional world play, world building and RPGs. This comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. The idea is like to kind of tear down the big world building games they've been doing, which is like you build this world with like a different board game and then you go play it in an RPG. And this one's trying to go, hey, uh, maybe that's a bad idea in more ways than one. So the, this pitch of like kingdom hearts, except for touching different worlds is, is a bad idea. Um, even though that's the notion of the game, it seems pretty cool. Uh, have you two had a chance to read anything about bad, bad, bad? No, but I really like the art. <laughs> I'm looking at the art. Yeah. The art's really cool. I like the idea that allows you to use, um, like the, the liminal space kingdom hearts uh crossover multiverse mm -hmm. stuff um is like at the heart of it and it's slowly taking over the different worlds i like that um i don't quite know if you'll be able to toss in your own ips um mm. since like you're using their deck of cards and their worlds it really mm -hmm. seems like it's meant to be kind of general so you could slide in your own stuff if you wanted to um mm -hmm. And they've done different games where, like, it, like, I can't remember the name of it, but you actually rotated GMs. Um, so, like, Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It, it was interesting. It was really fun to play, and it worked really well with kind of getting people accustomed with running the game, even if it's for a turn. Um, mm -hmm. like, it really helped right, right. that idea, and it, and it inspired a couple of my friends to become uh, GMs. So I, I like the idea here, and I also like the idea, like, this one's way more, like, uh, cynical of like, hey, you know those worlds that were really cool? Um, they're pretty fucked up when you go back and look at it, which is something <laughs> I've really liked about like 
uh, playing a Kingdom Hearts game at home, which is like if we had Kingdom Hearts, but like you were an adult, like that's it's less cool when yeah. Donald and Mickey scroll onto this world because actually that's like the first rule of Star Trek, right? Like you're not supposed to interfere, and you're interfering in. Also, <laughs> the old Disney movies are fucking they're they're, they're bad. <laughs> There's are bad uh, lessons <laughs> to learn. Uh, maybe don't kiss people when they're sleeping. So I like the idea of like touching all these different worlds. So I'm interested in bad, bad, bad. Um, what about, uh, who answered? I, I, I got lost in my train of thought here. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that was Chardonnay that just answered. You, oh, yeah, you, you two person. are the same. Yeah, we we the talked same. about yeah. this. Um, yeah, uh, Lissa, what do you think about bad, bad, bad? I'm, I'm intrigued. So I've never played kingdom of hearts, but <gasps> creepy pasta has, um, has does something for me. And I do like the, <laughs> And I do like the art, so I, I don't know much about this. Like, it doesn't reveal much about the game mechanics again. Like, this is way too much little information for me to, like, base my um, entire answer from. Mm -hmm. Because I, I want to gather all the information before I base my answer and give you one. Uh, but <laughs> I, I am intrigued by creepypastas. And Kingdom of Hearts, like, I have an idea of what that is. So I'm very confused in a good way as to how that would work with kingdom of hearts and creepy or kingdom hearts and creepy pastas together mm -hmm. well that's exciting this one also has the rotating gm element i'm reading through the article here um i missed that part so that's really exciting because... oh also that that that's a bonus for me because that yeah. sounds super interesting that yeah. is very cool i like i i've always loved like the improv games that's partly why i got into midst you know bringing that up like i like the idea where like oh you hand it off now you fill out the rest of the story and that's always really fun it takes me really far out of my comfort zone um in those mm -hmm. games because like I, I when i tell stories i love like writing all the little things and one of the things i find really fun when i play rpgs is oh hey this isn't my story it's our story so this idea of like tossing over like the gm reigns mid-game is really exciting i like that idea um I, i'll post it up it's not fully out yet so like you can't go buy bad 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 like right now but i will also link that other game i'm trying to remember the name of it but i'll link that there too if you want to like a game that lets you hand off reins as the gm to get you in the mood for bad 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 so um look out yeah. for that uh lissa i'll also send you a copy if you're interested <laughs> please do i'm interested uh, moving on to the Village Crier. This is where we get into our general news segment. Not just new games coming out, but all the stuff that you were like, hey, that seems interesting. We also found it interesting. I'm going to yell about it right now. Uh, first, <laughs> first up, Magic the Gathering fan allegedly set upon by Pinkertons for unreleased cards. This comes from Linda Cadega over at io9. Um, I also have a little bit more on the aftermath coming from... Uh, Alex Meehan, nope, nope, Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker because uh, this continued to develop and it's exactly what it sounds like. There were some cards for the new set of Magic the Gathering that broke Street Date. Uh, a streamer got a hold of them, which is not illegal, contrary to popular belief. Um, the, the, the company that broke Street Date could get sued, but like the streamer didn't break any laws. Um... And they had a private police squad basically show up at their house demanding the product. And uh, it all worked out. Old school MTG, which was the streamer, uh, Dan Cannon over on YouTube, uh, seems to have reached an amicable uh, like ending for this. They're not in jail. They're not, they weren't taken away by the Pinkertons. Uh, they got a bunch of free products from MTG because like, you know, they sent the fucking Pinkertons after this guy. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, the Pinkertons were like a private police squad detective agency type thing that hunted cowboys. Uh, notoriously, that was like what their claim to fame, but in more recent Ow. years, they're used for union busting, um, which is why we all hate them. Yes. They're, how they're terrible. They, how are they still alive? What, uh, how by, are they still going on? By, you know, teaming up with capitalists and uh making a lot yeah. of money that way um they they have terrible notorious tactics for like um infiltrating unions and like tearing them down from the inside it was kind of funny i was uh talking to my father-in-law about it and i was telling this story and i'm talking about the pinkertons he also didn't know that the pinkertons were still a thing and he was like oh terry with conspiracy theories i was like this is a real thing um and they do union bust uh and don't forget that the pinkertons are bad people not just in cowboy movies 
Uh, I didn't before this came out. Confession: I had no idea what a Pinkerton was. Oh, that's okay. But you do now. Like (laughs) I do now. I do now, and I'm just like I. I understand why I didn't know because I don't watch cowboy movies. I've never (laughs) read a redemption game in my life. That's just not the one cowboy book I read. I hated so much that I named my period after it. Oh, interesting. Because I hated that much. What was (laughs) uh? Do you want to share it with us? Yeah, Blood Meridian. I hate it. Oh, Blood Meridian. So <laughs> you didn't like the Blood Meridian. That's interesting. That's I, like uh, that's kind of yeah. declared as like a classic, right? It is. Well, I, I I was assigned little story. I was assigned it by my um, master's advisor. He's just like, you need to read more literary fiction. I'm like, I spent my entire undergrad reading literary fiction. Can I please <laughs> read something else? But it's interesting. He's like, no, read Blood Meridian, and I'm like okay and i did and he, and i told him because i was like the proud little people pleaser student he i was like i finished blood meridian he's like oh yeah what'd you think and i was like oh i hated it he's like uh why and i'm like it was really like grotesquely violent it's known as one of the most violent books like in it's america also, and like, cormac mccarthy america. is not an easy author to like no. hand off to somebody like the fact he like he well, only uses periods like good luck yeah, well, I I don't really mind that because I mean I've read uh, Faulkner before too. Like I I've read a lot of difficult to read authors, and yeah, that's a part of it. I'm not a huge fan of like no, but it's more of a taste thing, you know like, what I mean? Rules. Like to go, oh, everyone's yeah. gonna like the Blood Meridian. I'm like, I don't think that that's true. I don't, I don't think, think honestly I've ever true. handed a Cormac McCarthy book to someone and they've enjoyed it. No, and like even if you have like you really only read those books if you are going for degrees in them, unless somebody recommends you one and they're like, hey, yeah, you might. Well, really like this writing style which is valid i was gonna say i disagree with you there i i i very i love cormac mccarthy but i understand why other people though and i know many people that do read them yeah but But i would say like i I don't think that you just read it for a degree i was surprised you were handed one during no 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 there's a lot of stuff that you're assigned reading depending on you know what school you go to and whatever i think the only context i would have ever read them is if i was personally assigned them and i was i've read a lot of books and styles that i don't like but i know now that i don't like them and i'm glad that i read them weirdly because now i know like oh i don't want to do that which is you know something to take away but anyway like that's the only like reading blood meridian is like and watching back to the future part three is like the only <laughs> western experience those are so like those are like Dramatic. such like yeah that's a huge gap in uh Listen, i guess back to the western future, fiction part right three is great no 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 <laughs> i agree i i i love that we've talked about how much we both love back, back to the future love, i also yeah, the really like blood meridian but for different reasons obviously yeah uh, sure but also controversial not his best western um uh, <laughs> fair i'm sure like it was uh, awful. no country for old men to me is probably the best western oh, fiction ever um sure. and sure. his best book in my opinion i also really like the road but that's more because like fair. you know post-apocalyptic he's got a kid with him i was assigned blood meridian for tone yeah that's so fair and, and honestly it captures it like i think if you were to study that oh, yeah. for tone you're like oh i get what he's going for here but like oh i, I get it when, you, yeah, so when someone I says you need it. to read more literary fiction, you hand that one. I'm like, that's a tough read for so many different that's reasons. A weird, like, that's, that's a weird, a weird one to go to. to read, man. But I get why he assigned it to me. Like, it wasn't a bad assignment. I was just like, I didn't. I, it's just one of the assignments <laughs> I just didn't like. And now with the Pinkertons, I'm like, that didn't come up in Blood Meridian. That didn't come up in Back to the Future. <laughs> the Pinkertons part three. don't show up in in westerns like that. <laughs> like that no, is not don't. what <laughs> that is not what that kind of is. Like when you mentioned Red Dead Redemption, I think a lot of of like uh modern media people you probably would have seen them in things like Red Dead Redemption sure 2 that's what people were saying know? like I thought people were saying online like I only saw the Pinkertons at Red Dead Redemption are we living in Red Dead Redemption and like I understand like <laughs> me being like oh damn the man like I know stuff about union busting living in Michigan working in corporate stuff like I know more about the Pinkertons probably than than some I was surprised to hear like you are are far from the only person who didn't know that the Pinkertons were like, especially with this news story, seeing it on Twitter, but even just anecdotally, like at the dinner table yesterday, people were being like, Terry's talking about the Pinkertons. Like they're still real. I'm like, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we know because of wizards of the coast for some fucking reason, they thought it was a great idea to hire them to like scare a guy because he had streamed a deck that wasn't out yet. And that's the whole story. Like they didn't, 
like do anything violent or anything. They were just there to like intimidate is the vibe that I got from the story. Definitely were there. Like he didn't like legally, he didn't have to hand over anything, but when a a private police squad shows up at your house, especially one that's known for sketchy tactics, you're going to hand them the box. I don't care what people are saying like, Oh, like they didn't actually do that. Go fuck yourself. They did. It's scary. It's scary. (laughs) Bunch of people show up at your door going, Hey, give me those fucking cards that you know, you weren't like really supposed to have. Don't tell me that, that, that he didn't have to. You did. (laughs) Like, Lisa, you sound like you were going to say something. Yeah. You're going to say something. I mean, yeah, just on the topic of Red Dead Redemption, that's the only reason why I know this is because my friend has been playing that game <laughs> and she's been streaming uh, for me, I love is it. why I know about it. Nice. It's so perfect. But also, like, about the Pinkerton thing, like, I, I feel like if you send the Pinkertons after somebody, it's like sending the Repo Man after somebody. It is. You do it, you do it to mm-hmm. make a point. You're doing, it's a show of force. It's a show of making a point. It's making a big, like, a big deal out of something that you want to emphasize on and i just with everything that's been going on with wizards of the coast and hasbro Mm -hmm. like lately i just i'm so tired of hearing (laughs) about wizards of the coast doing something that like that that does something detrimental to somebody in the space again like Mm-hmm. why does this keep happening and okay know. they apologize but why do they keep doing things and then apologizing after when they could just think Not. about doing yeah. things before they do them yeah like uh, so one of the things just to connect to like another nerdy thing so one of the things that's popped up a lot in like the video game space is that xbox while still like they're still a terrible evil big corporation right they've been doing a lot of pro-consumer things to slowly win over people over the years they just haven't quite released all the games to kind of capitalize on it but they have a Mm -hmm. lot of like pro-consumer stuff because they'll make a poor decision not just apologize for it but like make sure they don't do it again and then they kind of get a lot of these level-headed execs to go hey let's talk about that because we think gamers would be mad about this decision if we did it and they did a few of those dumb decisions especially with like the xbox one when it first came out and they haven't done a lot since then that is similar to that like they kind of learned their lesson and you have this has i feel like they have these execs that just don't understand their audience and aren't understanding where we are as consumers right now. And they just think it's going to blow over, but like you don't forget that they sent the Pinkertons, you know what I mean? Like they're surprised that we're mad about it, but really what they should be surprised is that we care. And we understand that Hasbro sent a private police squad. Like that's the thing that we're mad about. Not so much that, Oh, the streamer didn't get to stream those cards, even though some people are mad about that, but it's like the bigger issue. It's like, no, you sent a union busting wave after somebody yeah. that like, yeah. that even people who aren't super like liberal and understand like why that's a problem. They're just mad. Like you sent police after people. That's a thing that a lot of people can get behind. And they keep, like you said, they keep doing these decisions. There's no one up top going, Hey, people might be mad about this guys. <laughs> like there's no one like it's saying these the things. Consequences. Oh. Right. <laughs> like... And you know, and like, what is this over? Like they're mad because this hit street day because they, they love to like tease being like a big magic, the gathering player over the years. They love to tease the sets as they come out. It's a big part of building hype and to getting people to pre-order these things. We're like, oh, we release one card every week, you know, um, slowly building out the set. And they leaked almost all of it. Like, this came out super duper early. This caused a big issue for them when it comes to their hype cycle. But their hype cycle was interrupted. This is one set. They put out four fucking sets every two months to the point where people can't even keep up with them and buying. People are leaving the game in droves. And now they're throwing a hissy fit that people had this, so they sent cops after them? Like, it just seems like not a level-headed situation at all. Um, And so extreme over something that I feel like doesn't have the same effect. Like, I don't know many people that still pour over every single release card uh, because there's so many nowadays. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. even know this set was coming out. I, I just... It just baffles me that they're going so extreme every single time uh, mm-hmm. with this. Like, they can't get a win. I know Magic the Gathering Tangential to D&D, same parent company, though. Uh, I, I just, it blows my mind that they keep doing this. What's next? You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not a challenge, Wizards of the Coast. If you're <laughs> it's not a it's challenge. Not, please don't one-up this because you're you're really like thinner and thinner ice, man. Like I don't I don't have the 
emotional at, energy to deal with this anymore. At this point, like the ice is like no longer there. Like you're, I'm plunging into the water. It's not like thinner ice. I've said that every for the past <laughs> two disasters that they've already Fair. done. It's wow, already thinner shit. and thinner ice. Like global warming has happened. I'm in <laughs> water with the penguins and the dying polar bears. Hello, can anyone save me or hear me scream? No, no. And soon the Pinkertons will be pushing you down um, underneath oh, that icy water. Oh man, moving on. I guess Alchemy RPG yeah. just gobbling up all the partnerships they can. Uh, but this is like, I mean, I was excited about all the other ones, Chaosium specifically. Mm -hmm. But you know, you've heard me talk about Free League uh, already earlier in this show, but uh, a million other times. So their new system, Dragon Bane, um, Tales from the Loop, one of my favorite games of all time. The Mutant Year Zero uh, system, uh, Merkborg, obviously, and Cyborg. Uh, you're going to be able to play all of these on Alchemy RPG because they partnered with Free League now. Wh who haven't they fucking partnered with at this point? I know. Point? Wizards. That's <laughs> it. Wizards, that's yeah. fucking it. <laughs> For a reason. But they don't have For to. For a reason. It's like going to be this, built in. You can't, you can't even deny at this point that that's 100% part of their business plan is just to be the top competitor with whatever, like... But I, I mean, good for them, right? It's affordable. Like, from what I understand from that Kickstarter, if it hits, if it comes out, number one, you're going to be able to afford it. Number two, it's going to have yeah. as many games as you want on it. And number three, it's going to be runnable. <laughs> exactly. Like, honestly, like, we like we were a little Unreal bit worried, engine. like, they're gobbling everything up. I This is just, like, how I feel sometimes with Disney, where, like, if you put out a good product, you're a big evil corporation, I'm going to buy your shit still, you know? And that either happens because you're putting yeah. out good stuff that's pro-consumer, or you've gobbled up all of the competition and alchemy rpg competing with the big you know dnd beyond push like they're they're kind of the underdog kind of like paizo versus um dnd right so even if they do become this big corporation right now they're the underdog they're putting out a good mm -hmm. product potentially i this thing might grow to like huge amounts or we're the only ones talking about it and we're the only ones who are going to notice it and people are still going to use Roll20. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> it's That's one true. of the two. That's also an option. But you don't have the chill beats to study to if you use Roll20, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm interested. I'm interested in Alchemy RPG still. I just, like... <laughs> there's going to be a story every week about who they fucking partner with. Mm -hmm. um, I'm waiting for the inbox to come to my... for, like, my, my unreleased game. Just be like, hey, we, just in case it comes out, we would love to partner with you. Because <laughs> 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 they just keep going. Um, moving on, uh, the newest 1D&D playtest update is the biggest yet, including changes to five classes, weapons, and spells. This comes from Dicebreaker. Um, did you two get a chance to read over what's coming? That's also from Alex mm -hmm. Meehan over there. I am not. I have had a very busy week, so I have Same. no idea what has happened. So I'm skimming the article now. Uh, the, the only thing that my buddy it. mentioned was barbarians specifically. They were telling me to check. Oh, they play they, a barbarian. So what? What's happening what with they, barbarians? What did Oh, I don't know. He just said that they were changing them. Um, let's see if they okay. mention it here in this article. <laughs> um, I recommend. Uh, so the the weapon mastery feat mentioned uh, before and all the other playtests that we talked about already at, at mm -hmm. length. Uh, uh, coming to barbarians um gain uh so they were removing the, the ability to gain unlimited uses of rage that barbarians usually oh, get at level 20 God. so it's oh, a lot oh, of oh, yeah it's a, oh, it's a lot of upper limit stuff is changing oh, um yeah. I, I, that goes that goes along with like their like uh, 20 20th level is an epic boon right now mm -hmm. for one D D, and they're bringing down a lot of the stuff that was 20th level features and i just listened to um one of the three black halflings episodes they started to talk about epic boons and how the epic boons like aren't like really epic at all <laughs> so no it's really um, weird I'm like they, they were attempting to balance it. it like they mentioned this on that episode too um but being a player that that played a lot of fourth edition fourth edition would like made sure when you hit level 20 you were in the final arc of your character whatever it was like you were exactly you were a harbinger of a god you were an avatar you were mm -hmm. um the pinnacle of something you were like the final character mm -hmm. arc in whatever big story you were happening and with D, &D um fifth edition specifically and when it was next at the time the idea was your game doesn't have to end at level 20 
So they mm-hmm. kind of downplayed those epic boons and stuff where it was mm-hmm. like, hey, no, you don't have to stop playing. Don't ever stop playing. Keep buying our products, please. Um, the game doesn't <laughs> have to end at level 20. So, like, when you got there, it didn't feel like the massive reward it did in earlier editions. Um, so it's a little bit interesting seeing that they're kind of bringing some of that stuff down. Um, they have a few other changes in there. Nothing I think that we need to go super in-depth on. If you'd like more talking about it, we totally can. There's a lot of minutiae in here, a lot of upper-level stuff that's changing, um, requiring short rests for things, uh, changing how long rage lasts. Uh, mm. There's some interesting stuff in here, but I, I don't know. This is their biggest one so far, I believe. Um, um, there's I a few changes I to want... Warlocks. I want Lissa's opinions on the barbarian stuff when um, we get more time. Cause I know Lissa, we've all had busy weeks this week. So I don't think any of us have the time, but I want to know Lissa's opinions. Cause she played a barbarian. So she oh, okay. probably has like a huge under way more of an understanding, at least than I do about the stuff that they have and how this could affect playing, especially a high level barbarian. Yeah. I know her barbarian used to do crazy amounts of damage. I, <laughs> so I wasn't I, even, I, I wasn't even at that high level. We stopped at level 15. So like you I did. didn't even get yeah. to level 20 and I was doing crazy amounts of damage. Also uh, to be fair, I did a uh, multi-class into fighter, which apparently just makes you stronger. It just made sense to my character and that it turned out to be like a very beneficial thing that people actually like hack their characters to do. Yeah, martial classes should almost always, if you're gonna play close to rules as written, like if you multi-class into fighter, you're like, oh wow, I can do all the cool things I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Just, it just made sense for my character's backstory. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I can do so many things. Oh, nobody can yeah. stop me. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Like you you spent I think that's when you started spending like a good amount of time thinking about what you were going to do every single turn. And you would take like five <laughs> minutes to take your turn because you just had so much stuff you could do and like stack yeah. on top of each other to like get the maximum amount out of your turn. So like, it uh-huh. wasn't a bad thing by any means. It was epic so i'm i'm wondering if whenever we get the time i want your opinions on the barbarian specifically for that reason because i know that you're super attuned to like how they can fuck shit up yeah and there's there's a few other changes in here too um with uh sorcerer warlocks wizards um there's a few new spells mentioned the other big focus in here was like talking about what's going to be in the dmg and uh, mm. their big push right now is to, like they were talking about it in the video with like the player's handbook and the monster manual being books that players buy because there's already like there's not that yes. many dungeon masters. So they're trying to make the dungeon masters guide more approachable. So more people do buy the DMG because dungeon masters buy the most books, but also mm. expanding upon those other books and trying to make everything a little bit user friendly. Um, so there's more of that over there. We'll probably dive more in depth into that in the next episode when we have a little less yeah. news to cover. Um, moving on, uh, a mall full of D&D players teamed up to defeat Vecna and set a Guinness uh, Book of World Records world record here. Uh, did you get a chance to read about this? Uh, they have an article over at Dicebreaker by Chase Carter talking about this massive event. I have I have not even heard about this. So, when did this happen? D&D broke a world record. Hello. Yeah, oh, wow. D&D's broken a lot of world records, but this was a specific group. This was just posted a few days ago. I'm going to read directly from the article for a little bit. Andrew Ashby, the owner of tabletop RPG shop We Geek Together, needed 500 players to cram themselves into the Provo Town Center Mall in and agree to play one giant game of Dungeons and Dragons. By the time the dice started rolling on Saturday, more than 1,200 adventurers had answered the call and broken a world record. Uh, Guinness World Records awarded Ashby and two co-owners, Everett and Fawn Ashby, on April 22nd with the honor of hosting the most people playing Dungeons and Dragons at the same time. Um, uh, 1,227 participants filled both floors uh, and most of the open areas of the Provo utah based mall as they prepared to defend a castle against one of DD's most infamous foes the sorceress lich vecna um so go read the rest of that article that's fucking crazy um i know uh that's so many people i've played in one big uh game there was about 120 people um all defeating uh it was back when fifth edition was kind of newer and we were playing Uh horde of the dragon queen um Uh so uh not bahamut the other one help me out here 
Tiamat. Tiamat, thank you. Uh, I was defeating Tiamat. And that was really, really cool and crazy. And you couldn't tell anything that was happening. There was only seven GMs. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly, exactly. That but it was a really ridiculous. cool thing. What? Yeah. That sounds like a raid from it was. World of Warcraft. It was exactly a raid. And it was also strangely organized. So, like, you know, like, it was like, okay, on this turn, all the wizards use this spell. You know, it's like, like. That is so cool it was really really yeah it inspired a lot of stuff so i ran um um, uh, a star wars game with three different groups of people that didn't know they were playing in the same world at the same time and they were affecting different events and then i brought them together for like a crossover um that was really cool it was not (laughs) 1000 people (laughs) fighting back then though no uh so really really super neat i love they did this go check out the rest of that article um uh guinness is gonna put up a a a video about it like they do for a lot of their stuff uh so go check those out um if you didn't know you can still buy uh the guinness uh book of world records but they also have a website and post all their videos on youtube now and stuff so uh it, it's a big thing in the 90s like we all bought the guinness books yep. and stuff from like uh the book fairs yep. and shit or the rich mm-hmm. kid did and brought it to school to share with us but uh mm-hmm. so it's it's just interesting and sometimes i forget that they still exist i don't know i was more of a ripley's believe it or not kid i loved ripley's believe it or not but then you find <laughs> out like really really fucked up super duper racist oh, uh, yeah um but as a child not knowing better man loved to watch uh the dude from uh lois and clark and uh he would tell me (laughs) if you'd believe it or not and then i could pick up that book from the library um (laughs) anyways pathfinder 2e is remastering its core rulebook to split from dnd ogl and make learning the rpg easier this comes from matt jarvis over at dice breaker uh they plan on republishing the second edition rulebook um they had posted a youtube video in on twitter and then deleted them so i don't know what that means Lisa had sent me um their actual like tweet about it and it was deleted and then they deleted the youtube video so i don't know if like plans have changed or not but yeah i don't i don't know what's going on with that but paizo is re-releasing in 2024 um their second edition so um as well as like with the the monster bestiary so uh you can check out the the player core the gm core and the bestiary books uh coming back out i think (laughs) (laughs) Now we just have the article to go off of, of no videos. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that means. <laughs> it it could have just been like an early announcement, basically. So they're going to do a few minor changes sure. in terminology. Um, they're not going to be substantive enough to be a new edition, though. They wanted to reiterate that. Like, this is just a, like a remastered book, basically, with a little bit of mm-hmm. an errata um, and a few minor tweaks. So don't go up in arms. This is not Pathfinder 3rd Edition or 2.5 by any means. This is just updating a game that's now quite a few years old. Uh, so check that out if you're interested. Uh, I probably won't be buying another copy. I don't. My my second edition book doesn't see a lot of love at the moment, anyways. So, uh, but I know a few people that are very excited about that. So let us know in the comments. Do you two care about Pathfinder 2e? I mean, I know people who care, and they have told me all about it. (laughs) They are so like, I'm happy for them. I hear they're getting rid of uh, ability scores, and they are getting rid of alignments. Is like what they were very excited, and then they're also rewriting some of their lore, which I got excited about. Apparently, they're thinking of rewriting their hags, and I'm just like, yeah, speaking my language. I don't know anything about Pathfinder lore, but like. It's it, honestly think of <laughs> yeah. it, it's similar to Exandria. I wouldn't compare the two. Like they're still they're very different things because it's still trying to be more general than Exandria is. But it's a updated yeah. Forgotten Realms. Like they still like mm-hmm. they put in lore, so all of the same things you liked in D anD D are still there in their setting. I forget the name of Paizo's world. Um, but like it's updated. It wasn't written, uh, you know, <laughs> forty years ago. Uh, so right. it it has updated versions. There, doesn't mean that there's nothing that's problematic. There are fewer things that are problematic in their setting, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. so there's that. But rewriting hags, a good call. <laughs> as good we've call. talked about, as you've talked about. Um, speaking of what you've talked about, let's give all of our plugs and get the hell out of here. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening. If you like this, you can check out all of our other podcasts on campykillcreations.com. If you liked it a lot, you can head over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Drop a buck or two. You get uh, bonus content, early content, like Chardet's aforementioned lore rewrites. Um, rewriting things like hags, like, uh, what would we do last month, Char? Last month? Yes. You remember? I don't remember what happened nymphs, last month. Nymphs. Um, was it nymphs? It was nymphs. 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 Um, uh, so you can get those lore rewrites over there. You get Slavenly Trolls After Dark. You're going to get our special spoiler cast on D&D Honor Among Thieves that we're about to record. Um, you also get, uh, access to our, uh, Bitches and Books, uh, our, our monthly book club podcast. Uh, so go check out all that stuff over there. If you want to contact us, you can do so. Can't be killed creations at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at cave trolls pod. I'm at resident Steve on there and you can find my comic books wherever comic books are sold. My pen name is T S Luther. I had a few people send me a T.S. Eliot thing, and I was like, that's not me. Um, <laughs> not even close to a little bit. Uh, the T.S. stands for Terry Smith. If you didn't know, I, it's not the same thing. Uh, but I appreciate the confusion, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit, bit confused. But anyways, so check out all that stuff. Sharday, where can the people find you online? They can find me as the best host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast, where we talk about slander and all of their problematic lore (laughs) and how to make it better. And I also run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter at Slovenly Trolls. Lissa, where can they find you? I guess I can't be found on the internet um, because <laughs> I don't even have a podcast anymore. Um, I said I'm the best host, not the only one. Uh-huh. Maybe. Well, maybe yeah, gaslighting. Maybe I just quit. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Is that what's happening? Can you quit something so, that you're not really paid much for? Um, <laughs> I mean, you just kind of stop doing it, fade into the. Like, I ether. think I have a sweet, like, a real crisp seven dollar check to send you this month. I'll, uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just become the uh, Homer Simpson gift that uh, he, backs <laughs> in, he backs into the he hedge. Backs into the hedge <laughs> slowly. <laughs> uh, but I do run the currently. I still run the uh Instagram for Slowly Trolls and the Twitter for Cave Trolls Pod at Cave Trolls. Um, and also, I will say, I know there's a couple of Cave Trolls fans I own, uh, I, I owe, I owe Twitter messages to, I promise I'm not ignoring you, I broke my phone, and I have no access to my Twitter account. Um, there's, so, a, there's, uh, the internet, you can just, uh, log on on the website. I don't have any of my passwords saved on my computer. <laughs> oh my god, Carrie. I can't get into my no. Google account either, so. so what we're oh saying, what we're saying is you are actually the old guy on the typewriter, mm-hmm. unable to remember your password. Mostly, it's uh, only just because I just refreshed my computer and I hadn't signed into anything, and I have a lot of, like, two-factor mm, authentication all, stuff set up for Google. All I'm hearing is excuses. I know. Well, like, Sharday uh, sent, like, a couple of really worried um, uh, domain renewal messages because I hadn't updated <laughs> to use my corporate card um, for our yep. domain renewal. <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, dude, like, I'll pay for it real quick if, if it's okay. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I can edit this. And I almost couldn't. I almost couldn't change anything oh because my two-factor authentication for Squarespace also goes to my phone. Oh my god, Terry! You need to diversify your accounts. Like, I, I did. Like it, some of it's okay, yeah. and, and it's mostly fine. Like my, my SIM card will cover everything. It just my phone doesn't arrive until somewhat like some yeah. point today. So it was just a little bit of like perfect storm stuff. But I promise I will reply to your Twitter messages. I really appreciate all the fans that reached out, talked to me about all the printing stuff. That was really cool. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. And I apologize. I, I just don't want you to think that I'm ignoring you. It's not like there's so many of you. Oh, I can't keep track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 12 DMs is not overwhelming. Um, anyways, uh, thank you so much. We've been the Cave Trolls and we're out. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, The Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much. 